think got it. And the game is tied at 72. You're listening to the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. Possession here to try to reclaim the lead. Marcus trying to weave through some traffic, backs it out now. Carr trying to take Harris off the dribble in the paint. Spins out to Allen for the foul line. Jumper, good! Texas back in front, 20 seconds to go. 77-76. Now, back to the voice of the national championship Baylor Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. Back with us, John Morris Show. Highlight cuts courtesy of the Longhorn Sports Network from Learfield. Part of a big, big win on Big, Big Monday. Uh, Texas over Kansas Monday, 79-76, the final score. Uh, the highlight cuts authored by the voice of the Longhorns, our good friend Craig Way, who joins us now. Craig, appreciate you being on with us. Hey, glad to do it, J-Mo, just as I appreciate you copping on my show as well. So, uh, share and share alike. Good That's, to be right. With you. <laughs> That's right, and that was fun with you and Jeff this morning. Uh, big win Monday, man. I, I was uh, I was tuned into that game, and uh, uh, we had King McClure on earlier in the day Monday. He predicted a Texas win over KU. I had just seen KU demolish Baylor on Saturday, so I wasn't going that far, but King was spot on. You guys uh, got a big win over the Jayhawks. You know, John, I must have buttered up King because I was on uh, XM Big 12 radio with him a few days prior, and I was uh, I was lauding him on what a great job that he's been doing <laughs> on, on, yeah. on the telecast. I said, "Listen, sometimes you gotta you gotta calm your man Chucky Kemp down a little <laughs> bit. He gets a little uh, ratcheted up." I said, "But uh, but but King, you're doing a great job. So maybe that was that. I don't know. But you're right. It was a it was a big win, and and really and truly, uh, they've had." Three good wins, uh, you know, of late. The Tennessee home win gave them a non-conference uh, quadrant one victory. Uh, the return game with Iowa State after they had not played well in Ames last month, and they really shut them down defensively, held the Cyclones to 41 points, their lowest total since, I think, 1962. And wow. then and then the play as they did against Kansas, uh, that, that was really kind of uh, a crescendo for them. And, and they understand right now, John, they're really in the belly of the beast because uh, they've got, yeah, obviously, the game in Waco tomorrow. Then they've got to go to Norman and play at Oklahoma on Tuesday and then come back home for the return game with Texas Tech. So the next three are, are real uh, grinders for them, but they kind of feel like they've been in the grinder anyway. So we'll see where it leads them. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's a grinder night in and night out. You guys are playing uh, Baylor tomorrow will be your fifth ranked opponent in a row. Uh, that's some kind of gauntlet. You know, it, it's a couple of weeks ago, I think it was the day of the Tennessee game, and, and that would be two weeks tomorrow, that ESPN threw down uh, the toughest finishing schedules uh, in college basketball. The funny thing about it was they had 10 schools listed. Nine were from the Big 12. Right. The, only, the only one that was not, or, or the only one that was not of the Big 12 that was on that list was Kentucky. Wow. All the other ones, and Texas was number one on that list. And I think mm -hmm. Baylor was number two or number three. It was right there. And they, and they, uh, so you're right. To your point, you're exactly right. It is a nightly grind. That's what Chris Beard and I have talked about that a lot on this show. Uh, and, and just, it's, it, it can take a toll on you, but, uh, they look at it with kind of a, 
fresh approach. Hey, here's another opportunity. Let's go and get this. Now, they do think it's a little odd, and, and you and I talked about this this morning, that here they are 24 games into the season before they're going to get their first look at the Baylor Bears. It was 23 games into the season before they got their first look at the Kansas Jayhawks. So it's, it's an oddity and a quirk with the way the schedule has worked this year. And you've had it too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, it is strange to be this deep into it, and then we'll see you guys twice over the last, uh, what, two or three weeks of the regular season. Looking forward to the game tomorrow. One more question about Monday. Uh, just watching on TV, it, it and I think John Shambi made this point, that the atmosphere was looked to be just outstanding. It seemed really loud in there. Uh, what was it like being in the middle of that? It, it's building, John. It really is. And and it started really building uh, at the Tennessee game. Chris Beard made it a mission uh, when he got here to get first and foremost, more than anything else, to get the students there. And, and of course, Chris was a student at Texas. He was a, a what was called a student coach when uh, when he was on uh, with during Tom Pender's time. And and he and my broadcast partner, Eddie Orn, are very, very close because Eddie was an assistant at the time. And he remembers when student attendance could be hit or miss. And, and they would show up for some big games, but perhaps not so much for some of the other games. So Chris decided to build very similar to what he did in Lubbock at Texas Tech. And that's, you know, incentives with, you know, the things like pizza and burgers and stuff like that. Uh, but but also uh, trying to get the students in early. And it's paid dividends, uh, you know, when, when school's been back in session. They've been there. His next job is to make sure that people who are season ticket holders are using their seats. And, uh, of course, they're moving in the brand-new Moody Center next year, which the basketball seating capacity – is going to be 10,800. The building's going to be 15,000 seat arena, but through partitioning, I think it's not a curtaining, but what I've been told is the way that it will be built some partitioning, it'll be an environment for 10,800. So he's trying to build that. And of late, the students have really responded and I'll give the regular fan base credit as well. They've sold 9,000 season tickets over that. That's an all-time record for season tickets. And they've been showing up. They did for the Tennessee game. They they did in large measure, Iowa State won the sellout, but it was over 13,000. And it was, you know, a packed house against Kansas. So they're, they've responded, and a lot of it has been Chris Beard and the promotion staff really directing that. Well, and it seemed the final countdown is on, isn't it? Uh, only three more home games there in the Irwin Center, and I didn't notice till today, oh, look, the final home game of the regular season is Baylor on a Monday night. How about that? Yeah. It's Monday, yeah. senior night, uh, on the final night of the Irwin Center, and I think, I don't know the whole details on this, John, because they haven't really released them. I think they're planning to do some special, like, Irwin Center mm, remembers. I'm That's sure. Thing that Chris is 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 really uh, keyed in. He he went to a lot of trouble in this last year, the Irwin Center, to honor a lot of people who had Longhorn connections. Going all the way back, John, to the exhibition game with Texas Luther, and he scheduled it just to get Mike Wacker uh, uh, the some deserved applause and, and recognition for his time in the early '80s and mid '80s at Texas, since he's the coach at Texas Lutheran, and then has done so and honored other people, and obviously a big honor, uh, honoring uh, Rip Barnes. Right. He was back as well. So I think there's something in the works with that, in addition to all the other stuff that goes into a big Monday and a senior night. Gee, Manny. Well, I can't imagine everything that will be wrapped up in that. We get to just take the chair with us when we finish. When we finish uh, wrapping up, we'll just <laughs> take that out with us. You're welcome to have it. Just, to, <laughs> just cart it right on out with you. There. <laughs> I think they're going to – 
I think they're going to actually save the floor to use at Gregory Gym because they had a regular season game early this year against Sam Houston State, and it was you know for the students. Only the students got to attend, and just a select few, I guess, of you know high dollar alums. But it was mainly students in a four thousand seat environment there at Greg Gym, and it went over like gangbusters. Mm-hmm. Chris wants to do it every year. And they, they played on a floor that was a basketball floor, but that's also where Texas volleyball. Oh, I saw the floor. Yeah. Volleyball yeah. markings on it, all that stuff. So he wants to, I think they're going to transport that floor to Gregory Gym to use for future games. So they'll get an all new floor and everything else in the new building when they get into that next year. Nice. Greg Way, our guest, voice of the Longhorns, Baylor, Texas, tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. tip off here in the Farrell Center. Uh, tell me this I, I've had this thought really all season. I thought it would have been better from Baylor's perspective to catch Texas early in the year, not late like we're doing with these two games, because I just thought the longer the season went on, the more all these transfers, these older guys, Chris Beard's system, all that was going to gel. And I think that's what we're seeing. I mean, this stretch of uh, top 25 opponents for you guys, you're 3-1 and one in that stretch. And do you think that the team is playing maybe its best basketball right now? Uh, they're getting there, John, and it would be difficult to argue with that coming off the win over Kansas. The the biggest piece for anybody who's watched this team is when and at what level does the offense arrive? uh, arrive? Everybody knew that, that, you know, Coach Beard teams are going to guard. We saw that. You saw it. I saw it when he was at Texas Tech, uh, you know, that – uh, that that they will defend you and and Mark Adams has carried that on by the way at, at Texas Tech clearly and uh, so they've done that they've been at or near the top of the nation's leaders in scoring defense virtually the entire season the problem has been the offense and it's it's been kind of hit or miss at times some of it is what you said with the uh, transfers coming in mixing in with returnees some guys trying to figure out what their identity within the offense is it's it is motion based on the bob knight principles when beard was on his on uh, coach knight staff at lubbock but it's not pure motion and, and so get getting guys to understand their roles within that offense has been a challenge he said it's been a bigger challenge than they thought it would be he's continued to say it's work in progress and they see signs little signs one, i'll give you an example one guy that's that really wasn't doing much at all offensively and now is starting to do more offensively is Christian Bishop. Mm-hmm. He's a, one of the, one of the grad transfers. He played at Creighton last year and uh, he's, he's a tough, you know, uh, hard nosed kid, but he's learned to finish around the basket. I think that was one of the highlights you played there uh, that Timmy Allen finished off one. Allen, of course, came in from Utah. He was a premier defender and was all pac 12 defense. But he's had to pick up his offensive game. And he had a career high or a Texas high, 24 points the other night. And Marcus Carr was a volume shooter at Minnesota. And so he's been tasked really with running the offense since Matt Coleman decided not to return for one more year. So Marcus, at the point, has tried to figure out when he's supposed to shoot and take over the offense from a scoring perspective and when to direct it. And we've we've seen him pick up the pace a little bit. The other guys – it depends on a given night. Andrew Jones can look really good at nights and other nights that not be as much a factor in the offense as they would like or that he would like. And Courtney Rainey had big defensive games, but the other night he was tasked with guarding Ochai Abaji, and he did a marvelous job on him, and he was fine with you – know, I asked him on the radio show last night about it. You feel about that. All of a sudden your offense goes away, and he goes, that's fine. He goes, if, if it's helping my team win, I just say to the guys, I got this dude. Let me guard him. 
and you guys can handle the offense. And it worked the other night. It might not work on a night-in, night-out basis, but it worked the other night because Courtney can guard when he really digs down and goes at it. Craig, back-to-back wins over uh, Iowa State and the Kansas uh, game. We've been talking about uh, unbelievable number uh, that Texas is uh, 48 and eight, or outscored their opponents 48 to eight in points off turnovers in those two games. That is uh, unbelievably high number. Yeah, they've been really good at that, John. And then lately, and this has been an important element, not turning the ball over themselves mm-hmm. that much. And and when they've done that, that the, they've given themselves a chance. There's one other weird wrinkle about this, John. The, the the thing about the scoring defense and all that sort of stuff. Until they beat Kansas the other night, they had not won a game this season. They've lost six games, all right? The six games they lost, they have not won a game when they allowed the opponent to score more than 60. Mm. So so even though they've been holding teams to like 54 a game, if, if, if teams get over 60, it's not gone well for them until Monday night. And so they finally, it's like, Here's a game that they can win when they when they give up 60 yeah, points. Yeah. And and Kansas outshot them in the game and outshot them from three-point range. But Texas forced the turnovers. You mentioned the points off the turnovers, and that was a big part of it, and, and hit free throws as well. Wow. Only seven turnovers by Kansas, I just noticed. So, uh, did a great yeah. job taking care of the ball there. How about uh, – yeah. so, when we were talking earlier today, uh, you brought up the name of Mark Vidal. And uh, I saw Mark in the coaches' offices this afternoon. He's going to be here tomorrow. So I'll send him down to you. I know how much you appreciate Mark Vidal. <laughs> Love him. I'll, I'll tell you what. When I did the game last year at the Farrell Center, a national radio broadcast for Westwood Woman, I saw you there, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the Baylor-Kansas game. And uh, I worked with Fran Priscilla on that game. And, and I, was, I felt so fortunate, A, to work with Fran. I've known him a long time, as you have, and a great guy. But, but also – that was my one time to work in the Farrell Center because remember the Baylor Texas game didn't happen last That's right. year. In That's Wake. right. Yeah. So and and we couldn't stop talking enough about Mark. So mm. he's he always had great respect for his game. Now with the Kansas City Chiefs and loving it, so uh, he, he'll be there that. tomorrow. So that'll be a lot of fun. Hey, safe travels up. Uh, I can't guarantee what the the traffic will be like. It's backed up going northbound right now. That happens on Fridays. You know about that all too well, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got all those Fridays <laughs> driving up to Dallas for the right. school show. I'm, I'm used to it by now. Yeah, I wish there was another way around town or something. Uh, be safe, and we'll see you and Eddie tomorrow at the Farrell Center. Looking forward to it. Thanks, J-Mo. All right, bud. Thanks very much. Craig Way, the great voice of the Texas Longhorns. Baylor in Texas tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. tip-off. Our broadcast right here on ESPN Central Texas. Pat Nunley and I on the air at 10.30, tip-off at 11. Brunch with the Bears versus Texas tomorrow morning.